Man, you already know I'm recording a new episode of the Miseducation of the People, so I'm not going to answer this phone. And after I'm done, I'm going to have some Thanksgiving food and catch the itis. So don't expect a call back. <laughs> In this episode, Dr. Tristan Johnson joins us all the way from Florida, and she lets us know the history of the Republican racist state that she lives in, how racism started in general, the significance of Kamala Harris being elected, the struggle of going through the PhD program and being black while working in higher education, the impact that COVID is having on black communities, and many other issues that are going on when it comes to social injustice. So make sure you get ready, spread the word, let's go. Beats by Pete Samples. This education. What's good? Happy Thanksgiving and welcome to another episode of the Miseducation of the People. New it's the Baldy guy with the supremely superb gleam, I mean, top two Baldies and I'm not number two. Baldy so smooth they can't believe it's not butter, aka your host, Taryn Morgan. You know, I hope you all out here being safe. Uh, you know, it's definitely uh, rough times with Thanksgiving this year. You know, we can't be together um, physically, but you know, we got technology to our advantage, so... You know, shout out to that, you know, and it's really one of those things of too. It should really teach you to be grateful for what you have and what you don't have. So, you know, 2020 has been a year of reflection. So, you know, that's just part of the lesson. I mean, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Did I just have a little bar there? I might have. I don't know. But yeah, I got to listen back. <laughs> but anyway, shout out to all the people with some ashy ass lips that be hiding behind the mask. Ashy Larry lips having ass for real. <laughs> I ain't gonna lie though. Sometimes I I had lost my um my my chapstick last week, and I forgot to go to the store for like two days in a row. My joints was sandpaper rough for real. But shout out to the mask though, <laughs> and you know it's Thanksgiving. Shout out to them plates. I'm about to fuck this food up for real. So you know my grandma be going in. Um, unfortunately this year you know um, but everything going on. We don't want to put her at risk, so she's doing all to-go plates. So, you know, keep your ass on the porch. We're going to pass this plate outside the door. <laughs> but, um, you know, uh, everybody got the different roles when it comes to Thanksgiving. Uh, mine happens to be, you know, string beans. <laughs> you know, the, the, the streets call me Chef the Boy T, you know. So I, I got my little special recipe, what I be doing, hooking it up, put a little potatoes in there, a little garlic, something like I can't even tell you anything because y'all going to be biting, you know. You know, I'm, I'm really looking forward to the macaroni and cheese, that stuffing with the gravy on both the stuffing and the macaroni and cheese. And then you got to have the candy yams with the toasted marshmallows on the side. Rocking. I promise you. If y'all don't know about the marshmallows on the yams, y'all losing. For real. <laughs> Uh, and shout out to the people who know they plate is ugly as hell and make the conscious decision of not posting it on Instagram. You sacrifice for us. You the real MVP. So uh, I better not see not name one of y'all ugly ass plates today. Don't play me. My block finger is itchy. It's ready for real. Now, if you got some fire desserts, then, you know, my inner fat boy gets excited respectfully. So, you know, I'll, I'll go ahead and. Appreciate those pictures. I'll give you a like. You might even get a comment if it looked good. You know what I mean? If it got that nice little cream cheese icing on that cake, you know? Little peanut butter cookies or something like that. Or if you got some rock and cheesecake or something like that, you know, let me know. If you're in Jersey, I'll come get that if it's good. You know what I mean? Let me know. If you got that coquito, if you got that cremas, you know what I mean? For my Haitian people out there, all right? Sac passe and all that. <laughs> but, you know, just in general, um, 
it's Thanksgiving, so you know, it, it's a time of gratitude and reflection, you know. But for me, I just realized, like Jeezy said, minus the bullshit, life is great. You know, I'm just really expressing gratitude no matter how far Thanksgiving is away. And I mean, I've been doing this for a couple months, but Thanksgiving just happens to be here. But speaking of Young Jeezy, him and Gucci Mane battle on Versus. Shout out to Timbaland and Swiss Beats. Um, they definitely have something new and innovative, and it truly is going to change the game. And I'm excited to see what the end game of this is, you know, because it's free for us to watch, but there's some other stuff going on. I know I got the sponsorships with Ciroc, so there's still some money flowing in there, definitely. But uh, this one was major. And I saw it on Twitter because Twitter is the best thing to be on when shit like this goes on, BET Awards or movies we watching as a family together, right? So somebody has said, Gucci looking like that badass kid that always cost the class the pizza party. <laughs> Yo, that shit's real. Like, Gucci was on a whole nother level. But um, salute to Jeezy and Gucci for making amends and encouraging positivity. Um, it's been years of them beefing. Um, people's lives have been lost between the two. And even within Atlanta, uh, the stuff that I've been hearing is some street shit that started. Um, I'm a civilian, so I don't speak on nothing that I'm not a part of. But uh, definitely um, was a good thing to see. Um, I'm always for representation. I always say that representation matters and it helps fill that void. And um, every single day, our brothers, sisters, and non-binary individuals in the hood are being killed over some bullshit. And more recently, um, a lot of rappers have been getting shot and killed. Um, ben the Butcher was shot in, uh, I think it was in Texas, but luckily he survived. But, you know, this, this uh, nonsense violence really has to stop, you know. And necessarily, it's not our fault. It's a byproduct of the systematic racism that we do face. But, you know, at the end of the day, we do have to um, hold ourselves responsible for our actions. These two gentlemen were able to put away the beef and the BS from the past, you know, and really have that public moment. Now, I don't know what it's like in private. You know, that was a public moment. Um, that body language was crazy, but the message was there. The intent was there, you know, and it's weird, you know, it's hard to get over years of beef and be cordial so you know that energy was there first but definitely um proud of the two brothers and i hope that it's going to be more uh incidents like this of uh, people squashing beef and shit dark skin aunt viv from fresh prince and will smith squashed their beef too so you know these are really prime examples that it is possible to move from the past and you know just saying fuck whatever doesn't serve me anymore um, the, these are all incidents where egos were in play, right? Um, even though like Gucci and Jeezy, that was something different, you know? Um, but in general, um, one thing for me, cause you know, I'm the petty God, <laughs> like for real, I'll be out here petty, but that was back in the day. And I mean, and that's when I was younger, I'm old now I'm washed. I don't got the energy for that shit, but holding fuse and negativity really is, it's, it's draining. It's extremely taxing. And, you know, that's one of the things of once you remove that negativity from your body and your energy, that opens up space for you to bring in positivity. You know what I mean? So that th these are incidents, you know, that I love to see definitely. But um, we just need to put the bullshit to the side and, and unify. And that's what they're afraid of, because they know that once we all get together, we're unstoppable. So, you know, hopefully we'll see more. Uh, olive branches being extended, you know, for different situations that have been, you know, tense. You know what I mean, 
but more so with me, a little update. Um, I've really been building my mental endurance. Um, just like working out, you can't just one day not go from working out at all and then try to throw up 300 pounds on the bench press. Like it don't work that way. Or try to want, run five miles nonstop after, you know, seeing a video online, like, oh, I'm gonna get focused, I'm gonna get right. Nah, you gotta build up to it, you know. Um, and for me, I'm leaving a industry, uh, well, my, my more so, I'm leaving a lifestyle of, you know, working nine to five. I'm still in the nine to five, but, you know, just changing my mindset of, you know, into a more entrepreneurial space and just utilizing my time better and making my time my time and really just taking control of my scheduling and creating that freedom. That's what I want, right? And dealing with depression and anxiety is extremely draining for me. <laughs> like, first off, I have a short attention span. My short-term memory is trash and I physically get tired like I need a nap to restart my brain. So um, that's why like, I'm working on establishing a routine. Um, it has been working, but it's a struggle to submit, you know, um, just like anything, it, it takes a minute for things to become a habit and for it to really stick. And um, for me, uh, waking up at three, four o'clock in the morning um, has been something I've been doing. Um, I've been doing a little bit of 2 a.m. too. Um, and I usually do this about three, four times out the week, depending upon the task that's on my plate. Um, I ain't gonna lie. There's some times where I that alarm go off and my body goes. You see something? Then you see now. You done fucked up, you know that, don't you? I said, I'm No, I thought that's what you're saying. You done fucked up now, you know that, don't you? You know that, don't And I take my black ass back to sleep, you know. Um, work still gets done, just not in enough time for me to go out and enjoy the sunlight. But, um, you know, that's the main thing is that I am pushing myself a little bit more to build that mental stamina that is needed to take the shit to the next level. Because ultimately, I just want that freedom to control my time and day. I don't want to be a slave to my job. I don't want to be told that, oh, I can't go somewhere because I have a boss that's an asshole and isn't able to empathize or just realize the value that I bring. So, you know, just working on becoming my own boss, building my own shit, building my own pet empire. And so that way I have the flexibility that I need, you know, to you know, pour into myself, pour into my family in the future when I have one, you know, but it's one of those things of like Nipsey said, it's a marathon. You got to get your muscles right. And your mind is a powerful muscle. So the first step when it comes to improvement is getting mentally right, getting that mental mind state. And, you know, that's where I'm at and it's working. I'm going to get there and I'm going to get this motherfucking money. You know what I mean? So the first hoodie design from the Wonder Pack just got released. You know, that's right. We got the hoodies just in time for the holidays. And they are 100% Le Bum Chic quality. And if you don't know what Le Bum Chic is, I mean, it's one of those things of, you know, sometimes you want to get fly, but you don't want to necessarily go too much, you know, right? So you just throw on the sweats. You know, throw on some sweats that fit good. They feel good. And, you know, like, it's, that's, that's what it is. You know, it's a part of life. You know, when you wash, you want to be comfortable. Know what I mean? The hoodies are made from the finest fabrics from the highest mountains in Africa that only magically appear when the sun hits a certain angle. So that's how you know the hoodie feels good and it fits very nice. Know what I mean? And for right now, since it's a new release and it's Black Friday, know what I mean? Cyber Monday coming up too. All hoodies are $33.33. You know, I do the numbers, 333 three. three. Until Monday, November 30th, 
then the regular price will go to four 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 forty four dollars and forty four cents and as always we have free shipping on all orders and now it's a little faster you know we a little speedy with it you know we, we, we stepping our game up plus the proceeds are investments to our mission of providing empowering educational content to help advance black communities across the nation you know we've been doing a lot we are doing a lot we are self-funded and we have some big stuff planned so we truly appreciate all support but the financial support helps just a little bit more because it allows me to be able to hire some amazing black and people of color professionals and to spread our impact to help those who are in need so you got the merch you can support us with and if you would like we have donations as an option too please visit realtalksessionseries.org and don't get it twisted this is only a little two piece in the biscuit you know a little snack pack real quick and we got some contests coming out some discount codes so highly suggest you sign up for the email list so you know what's going on and you know real talk is for the people so you know we're gonna look out for you but the only way you're gonna know about stuff is to actually go ahead and sign up for the email list uh shout out to my illustrator david perrin a uh, good brother I met at CultureCon thrown by the um, Critic Collective in New York. Shout out to y'all. Uh, he He's killing it. So make sure y'all go follow him. He His information is within the show notes. And, you know, me and him, he, he, I tell him my ideas, he hook it up. So, you know, we got gators and flavors, colors like Nihilators, like Beanie Siegel said. So get ready for the next design and the beanies because we got those coming up too. And speaking of Philly... You know, see what I did there, Beanie Siegel, Philly. The Miseducation of the People podcast can now be heard on On Air with Sir. Yes! That's right, that's right. We're making moves. Shout out to Sir, Mahogany Major, DJ Good Vibes, and the rest of the squad. Also, shout out to the Bulls and Johns of Philly. <laughs> I don't know how to say that. I, I ain't get the accent down yet. You know, it's like Baltimore, like Philly and Baltimore, they got their own slaying and all that stuff and the ways they say stuff. But, you know, shout out to Philly. Always had love for y'all. And, you know, I'm going to be out there soon. Be, you know, stay tuned, stay tuned. And make sure y'all follow me on the Chatty Chatty, a.k.a. Clubhouse, at Real Talk Only. I just got on the app last night, and it is super dope, and it is the next big thing. So watch out. Um, I'm going to be on there talking my shit. So I'm, I'm enjoying it. You know, I was just over there observing, but... Once I jump in, it's, it's a rap rap. You know I mean, might get the room popping too. So stay tuned for that. Follow me on there. Like I said, real talk only. Please make sure you are also sharing the Miseducation of the People podcast, rating, reviewing, and subscribing. Uh, that helps us grow. You know what I mean? The more that you engage with our uh, podcast online, you know, putting the reviews there is rating five stars, of course. You know what I mean? Because that's all we do. Black excellence. You know what I mean? Hook it up. Know what I mean, if you're doing zero, I don't want to talk to you. Know what I mean, don't do that. But um, yeah, doing that allows for the system to put the podcast in front of more people for us to be exposed. So, you know, please make sure, you know, help, help us out over here. And also make sure you are following us on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and YouTube at Real Talk Session Series. And let us know your thoughts on anything or if you have any ideas on what you would like for us to talk about. And if you have not already, uh, make sure you check out that new Melanated Mental Health Moment Quarantine Edition episode that was released last week about reducing your screen time. 
Uh, like I said before, it is very important for us to reduce our screen times. Uh, spending too much time on our electronic devices has a negative impact on our mental. So, you know, trying to make sure people get right mentally. You know what I mean, so make sure you go check that out. That is within the show notes. We also have some more dope videos coming up on the way. I'm excited for all the collabs in 2021. Uh, got one more, two more. We'll see what else we got with Juju coming up too. So um, stay tuned for that. And all of this is within the links, like I said. So, you know, make sure you check it out in the show notes. So on to what the fuck is going on. So, you know, I want to try to tap into some different news, a little bit more positivity, even though we're going to get some fuck shit later on because it is important. But um, right now it is crucial um, that we pay attention to what is going on with the TV and film industry. We are currently seeing a fast evolution in real time right in front of our face. So as you all know, the pandemic has messed up a lot of different industries, um, especially the film and TV industries. Uh, you know, movie theaters are open-ish. <laughs> I ain't fucking with them, though. But um, yeah, a lot of releases aren't being put out there because of the fact that, you know, a lot of people are not going to the movie theater. So it's all about making money. So one of the more innovative things I'm seeing right now is that the new Wonder Woman is being released via HBO Max on Christmas, right? So I know Mulan was released on Disney Plus, but there was an additional fee that you had to pay. With Wonder Woman, the new Wonder Woman movie, um, it's just a part of the HBO Max subscription. However, I'm going to do a little more research to make sure, but this has not been done before. So I'm really excited to see that because honestly, I'm for watching movies at home in my own environment, being able to chill have a nice little drink, have my uh, legal um, cannabis for, you know, my medical purposes that I use, you know, and, you know, it's just relaxing. I mean, so I'm excited. I'm washed. So this is perfect for me. I love it all day. <laughs> so on to some more TV and film news, right? So I am a big fan of anything superheroes, whether it's DC or Marvel, right? So one of the shows that I rock with heavy is Black Lightning, which is about a black superhero, a guy who has electrical powers, then his daughters also have powers too. So it's really dope. And they talk on a lot of themes uh, involving government, how they fucked up the black community, greed, color, and sexuality issues. So it's been super dope. It's one of the shows I enjoy. However, they just announced that this will be the last season and I'm heated. <laughs> I ain't gonna lie. Uh, I never heard of this particular black superhero prior to the show. So, you know, like I'm, I'm feeling kind of some type of way. And I mean, cause he was uh, a black man in education that was actually a super dope black hero. <laughs> like that's something that, you know, we don't really see often. And you know that I relate to that because I work within education. So I'm like, I, I see you, I see you out here. But one of the good things is that uh, one of the characters painkiller so this dude who was paralyzed, then he turned into the 2020 version of Bruce Leroy. Come on, man. Leroy. Hot head needs cool water. water. And he got all types of uh, knowledge on martial arts. Um, he has uh, poison in his veins, some like all types of stuff. He's kind of um, insane. So I'm excited to see what his spinoff is going to be. So that's another black show that we have coming out. So that's that's dope. Another show coming out. We now have a black Batwoman. So shout out to Javicia Leslie. I apologize if I did not say your name right, but 
Uh, she took over for Ruby Rose. So second season of Batwoman. We got a black one. All right, we out here. You know what I mean? And more black woman excellence. They just announced that Shuri, that is Black Panther's sister, will have a more prominent role in Black Panther 2. A lot of people have suspected that this will occur. And I haven't read the Black Panther comic books, but I believe that she did have a bigger role later on too. So um, if you are a comic book head, please, please, please chime in because I would love to put this correct information out there. Um, I'm not going back and reading all that shit. So yeah, let me know. And you know, my boo, Rihanna, she's listed as a cast member too. They didn't say who it was, but you know, I might just have to go ahead and slide in there audition real quick as an extra because you know, this, the fleets be calling me Tenzel Washington anyway. So, you know, I'll be out there. But uh, anyway, speaking of sweets, though, the, the fleets on Twitter, I like it. I ain't going to lie. And like Twitter has always been the wild, wild west. So I can only imagine what's going to happen on these fleets. Um, y'all queens be thirst trapping and I be chilling in the cut, minding my business respectfully. So, you know, I just let y'all do what y'all got to do. You know, I, I don't put myself in black woman business. But if this was 09 Twitter, though, those fleets would have been all types of mayhem. Like, my watch gang know I'm talking about. Oh, nah, Twitter was, <laughs> yeah, Wild Wild West, for real, for real. But um, on some more, some more um, somber news, Kyle Rittenhouse's bitch ass was released on bail for $2 million after his supporters raised the funds. In case you don't know who this little uh, clown is, he is 17, I believe, um, and he killed innocent protesters this past summer. Um, he was openly walking around with a gun. Officers were not questioning him. And he was offered water, whereas innocent protesters were not receiving that same level of hospitality. Shit, Tamir Rice was minding his business playing with a toy gun when he was murdered by the police. But, you know, this is America and racism is the American way, just like apple pie. And, you know, I don't really, um, I feel a type of way, but W.E.B. Du Bois, that's always a hard ass name to say, I ain't gonna lie. Shout out to the bros, 06. But he said that a system cannot fail those who it was never meant to protect. And this is just the perfect example of that. So on to today's episode, you know, keeping on theme with the last joint. And I mean, working on transitions and all that. And I, mean, I think I'm doing a little better. Let me know how I did. But uh, I have the phenomenal Dr. Tristan Johnson, a fine woman of Zeta Phi Beta Sorority Incorporated. Now, I mean, you always got to make sure you put the incorporated when you talk about D9 organizations. All right. But um, she is actually my first uh, miseducation of the people guest. Um, but, you know, I didn't really have the formatting down for the show. But uh, I, she was actually one of my earliest supporters. Um, and I did some graphic work for her, too. So I uh, definitely was happy to finally get her on to the show. So, you know, salute to her. And I here we go. Hey, what's going on, Tristan, a.k.a. Dr. Johnson? Thank you for coming on to the Miseducation of the People. How are you doing today? I'm good. How's it going? I'm good. I'm good. I appreciate you coming on. You know, uh, to the to the listeners out there, Tristan was actually my very first guest. However, you know, when you start in the process, you don't really got your groove. You don't get your swag, really. So I had to make sure that I, I properly brought her onto the platform. I mean, so, but I appreciate your patience, definitely. So... Uh, without further ado, can you tell the people who you are and what you do, please? Yeah. So, again, my name is Tristan Johnson. I use the she, her, hers pronouns. 
And I am, I guess what you would call a diversity practitioner, diversity and inclusion practitioner. So um, my full-time job is I do diversity education um, in the healthcare field. And um, so I am over like the diversity education portfolio for the um, organization that I work for. Um, but prior to that, I worked in higher education for, um, about six and a half years, um, doing, you know, different jobs in, whether that be residence life and housing, um, and then full-time diversity, uh, work. Mm. Um, I was over a multicultural affairs office for two years, um, and then transitioned to healthcare. And then I also have my own business, the Tristan Johnson LLC, where I do diversity and inclusion trainings as well for organizations who need them or like keynote speaking. Mm. Um, if people want me to come like talk to their students, I'll do that as well. So uh, lots of different uh, avenues through my business. I also make waist beads, so body jewelry for women who just, you know, who are on their fitness journeys or just want to be decorated um, underneath their clothes. Um, I've been wearing waist beads since about 2015. And so I love them. So I started making them for people. Um, what else do I do? I run a blog called The Crown Series. Okay. And um, I have uh, about four writers who um, are under me for the crown series, but it's really a team. Like, and I don't, I don't have strict guidelines for them. Mm. They, they write when they have time. I write when I have time. Um, um, you know, just a space for black women to just express how they feel, yeah. um, express just things that are going on and just having a space to just be vulnerable and be uh. them. And so, um, that's really what I do. I just uh, defended my dissertation on October 30th. So I have... All right. Um, congrats. Congrats. <laughs> thank you. So I have a couple um, edits and things to do to my actual document. And then I should be graduating in May 2021. So I'm really excited about that. All right. Um, yeah, I just, you know, I'm just here representing for black women and that's really what i do <laughs> now nah, you're doing your thing definitely multifaceted out here killing it right so off the bat i have a very tough question for you all right oh gosh what the hell is wrong with the state that you live in florida they are on some bullshit all the time <laughs> right <laughs> so like what's going on like you working in diversity and inclusion right that's something that's kind of a, it's not a hot topic, but more so a buzzword. We see what's going on in the social landscape within this country. But Florida, it just seems so ass backwards, right? So, like, can you explain to people, like, what 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 is the, like, what is it like down there in Florida, especially when it came to everything that was going on with the election? Like, what was the energy? Okay, so I just want to caveat this by saying I am from Illinois, so... Um, the way Florida, she, yeah, yeah. she, she from, the, she from <laughs> Illinois. Yes. But she, she Florida for a minute. Though. Yeah. So I just want to say that, um, I am a Floridian now because of my job. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, so I guess I am a humble Floridian, but I am from Illinois and yeah. So, but anyway, yeah. so if you listen to the show, the breakfast club, um, Charlemagne the mm. guy always say the craziest people come from the Bronx in all of Florida. That's true. And so I didn't really 
like get what he meant by that before I moved down here. Mm. Um, like I knew people from Florida. Like one of my really, really, really good friends is from Florida. She um, moved to Illinois for a little bit and we worked together for a short amount of time. Mm. And she was like, yo, Leo, you got to move to Florida, dog. Like Florida lit, Florida lit. And I'm like, okay, cool. Yeah. Um, and so five years later or whatever, I ended up in Florida, which is wild. But um, uh-huh. so like you could just see how different Florida was just by internet, social media. Like even when when um, Bush won the election that year, like the voting issues happened in Florida and they had to go to the Supreme Court because of the voter, mm-hmm. I would say suppression in Florida, right? Like it's just yeah. always something. But Florida has always been a super red state so no matter what like you can have all of the you know all of the miamis and the tampas and the jacksonvilles you know voting blue Mm -hmm. but the rest of the state of florida is rural is white it is super super conservative um i mean even outside of tampa when you used to drive up 75 north there's a huge Mm -hmm. huge confederate flag that would just wave over the highway. Like, I mean, huge, yeah. huge Confederate flag. Probably the biggest flag I've ever seen. Um, just waving. I don't know if it's there now after, um, I know like a lot of things changed after uh, George Floyd murder and mm. um, Breonna Taylor's murder, but yeah. um, I don't know if it's still there, but I remember like riding down 75, like when I first moved out here uh, two and a half years ago. And I'm like, they really got this big ass Confederate flag just mm-hmm. waving. Like, and so... A lot of people, you know, especially in Florida, you know, feel like the Confederate flag is their right, you know, whatever. And, and it is, right? It's freedom of speech. Yeah. But when you when you have a symbol that literally uh, represents hate, it represents um, what this country um, once stood for mm-hmm. and what it, you know, what 70 million people still think the country should stand for, right? We saw this with the election with Trump. How many people voted for that nigga? Yeah, yeah. Like, so many, um, like, so many people still feel this way, but for black folks, even uh, Latinx folks and indigenous folks, this flag really means a symbol of hate, and it's hurtful mm-hmm. to see it all of the time. Um, and so, Florida is never not going to be red. Like, we have a governor who is Donald Trump's minion, mm-hmm. um, Ron DeSantis, like um, making all these laws that are protecting buildings in the police, but not protecting black lives. Yep, like crazy. you even got like Tampa and like St. Petersburg where I live. Like you can see the difference from the black community and where the white community, just because there's, there's a history like all of our, all over the U S of racial segregation, mm-hmm of discrimination, of oppression, of um, yep. redlining. Um, St. Pete has news articles that I pulled um, like earlier th- this year after Ma Arbery's um, murder um, and how they was just lynching black folks for for no reason out here in St. Pete. Like, so Florida is just, it's, it's going to be Florida. Mm. Um, I was talking to one of my guy friends the other day and he was like, oh, but you want to stay living in Florida. I'm like, I'm in Florida for the time being. Like, this is where God wants me right now. Obviously, I have some work that he wants me to do down here. And, you know, he's helping me get my life um, wherever he wants mm-hmm. it to be. But if God wants me to stay here, I'm going to stay here. But I don't have plans to be in Florida long term. Like, yeah. I just cannot. Like, 
<laughs> even be here. Like it's 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 never. I just don't see it, and especially while DeSantis is still governor, like yeah. I just don't see things um, looking up. Like he he's trying to get a law passed to say to have citizens mm. um, shoot uh, what do you call rioters and the looters? Pro- yeah, protesting rioters. And, yeah, crazy. And yeah, looters, but. Yeah, so he he's saying like armed citizens. If you see someone rioting and, loo- and looting businesses, you can shoot them. Mm-hmm. So what if I'm in Walmart randomly? And I'm not stealing anything, but I'm maybe taking my time looking at something, and someone could just maybe think that yep. I'm stealing. So you saying this citizen can just shoot me because they think that I'm stealing? Like mm-hmm. there there's a lot of implications that go into that racist policy um but you're still not protecting black lives so i just uh florida's really really uh conservative um and so yeah i live in tampa bay and tampa's blue is you know very uh lgbtq plus friendly Mm. um but even this past weekend on saturday i'm leaving my apartment and i'm at a red light and I look and I'm like, why is the traffic backed up on the other side of the road? There's a big line of people with Trump 2020 mm, flags and yeah. Confederate flags, like hanging out of their cars, like blocking traffic. This was the same day as the quote unquote MAGA, million MAGA march. Yeah, in DC. more like a thousand, but yeah, it's whatever. <laughs> right. But down here, yeah. down here in Clearwater, Florida, um, you got Trump supporters blocking traffic. Like, mm-hmm. and it's, and there, in this one thing to be, you know, um, happy with your political views and things, yeah. but I feel like at this point and where we are in this country, and especially what we've seen unfold in 2020, mm-hmm. you cannot tell me that you support Donald Trump and you don't, and you're not racist or prejudiced. Like Facts. at this point, yep. like this is what this man is spewing. And of course, like he's not the first president to be racist. Like Lyndon B. Johnson was one of the most racist. Nixon was horrible. Like, Uh um, but you know, and and it's just been this building block of, of trash presidents that has led up to Donald Trump. Donald Trump is, um, and let me know if I'm using this word right, is the antithesis of Barack Obama. And I might not be using that right, but Mm. He is the direct result of having eight years of a black president. These white folks could not stand it. And yeah, I think I'm going off on a tangent. You asked me about Florida, but I mean, I mean, but, <laughs> but it all like, it, it all connects because Florida is going to be red no matter what in these rural towns. Um, I read an article that talked about, you know, all the white people who voted for Trump. Mm-hmm. And a lot of them um, are ones who, um, are you know um, have low socioeconomic status? Yep. And in and in the article, it talked about. I mean, but but we we've known this since like you know the institution of slavery. But um, even the most impoverished white person is always going to choose being white before anything Absolutely. else because that that's like the only thing they're not oppressed in, and they know that they have privileges and rights over people of color and black people. Mm-hmm. Um, so all these white people in these rural towns, they don't care about Black Lives Matter. They don't care about LGBTQ rights. They don't care about, um, DACA. They care about being white and keeping white supremacy at the Mm -hmm. forefront. And that's what Florida is. Yeah. And, And speaking real quick on, uh, the negative effects of Trump, definitely, because, 
there's been a lot. Um, we see what's going on with the election, right? But with his executive orders, he's been doing a lot of stuff under the radar and people aren't aware. And one of those things is banning uh, funds when it comes to diversity initiatives. So you being a diversity uh, specialist, right? How has that executive order affected your livelihood when it comes to your consulting? Well, since then, um, I think my last uh, training and booking that I had was in October. Actually, someone just hit me up today. That's Mm. actually the meeting I have at 7, saying that they want to bring me and my business partner on maybe in January for some training. Mm. So I think it's starting to come back up because... Um, now that we have um, Vice President-elect Kamala Harris, Kamala Harris, yeah. um, and of course, you know Joe Biden's the president-elect, but this is Kamala Harris's race, in my opinion. Black mm. um, woman won so, this race anyway, so it's all good. <laughs> uh, this is Kamala Harris all day, um, but but yeah, yeah. So I think people are starting to kind of ease up, knowing that hopefully January twentieth, this this clown we've had for the last four years will be gone, mm-hmm. and one of the um, hopefully one of the first initiatives of Harris's, uh, campaign. Okay. Let me stop playing. Let me just say Biden, but whatever, of, of <laughs> Biden's directive is, um, vetoing that executive order. Um, and really yeah. the executive order, um, for those who don't know what it is, basically bans, um, any, um, organization that is federally funded or contracted by the federal government, um, bans diversity and inclusion trainings that talk about racism, white supremacy, uh, patriarchy, basically saying those trainings are themselves uh, racist. Mm -hmm. And they're not because my thing, people just don't understand the definition of racism. Like (laughs) anyway, uh, racism is connected to power. Mm -hmm. Those in power are inherent are inherently racist and uphold racist practices. Yep. Black people, people of color, cannot be racist because we don't have the power. Mm-hmm. Like we can't physically um, deny people rights. Yes, we can be in these leadership positions and we can try to align ourselves with white supremacy, yeah. but white supremacy doesn't benefit us. Racism does not benefit Absolutely. us. It benefits white folks. So yes, black people, people of color, we can be prejudiced, we can discriminate, we can oppress, um, but racist, no. So these trainings are not racist. They're talking about um, a history that was built on racism. The The whole construction of race mm-hmm. started because of Europeans' need for world domination. Yep. Um, and so Europeans began to classify people from different regions of the world as less than or superior. Of course, white folks, Caucasian, Anglo-Saxons always being at the mm-hmm. top. Even though they didn't wash their ass back they, in the day, but it's all good. <laughs> yeah, right. And like, they really built their wealth, right? That, that's why when we talk about capitalism, you cannot talk about capitalism without talking about white supremacy because white supremacy and capitalism are one in the same. Yep. Exactly. Um so you, you have to think about that. So the construction of race is socially. There's no biological evidence that race is a thing. Mm-hmm. No biological evidence of that. We are 99.9% genetically the same, all human beings. Yeah. So they built this idea of scientific racism to literally keep black folks and people of color and native and indigenous folks um, at the bottom. Yeah. So it's 
It's a system. Like, really and is. so when we talk about these trainings that address patriarchy, because you can't, you have definitely got to talk about patriarchy Thanks. in there. Like, and, and talk about white supremacy. When we talk about these trainings, that is just a tool of Donald Trump and all of the racist folks who believe the same thing he do mm-hmm. to continue to uphold their power and privilege. Yeah, and one of the things, too, that, that he said in particular when speaking about this executive order is that it's non-American. And in a sense, he's right, because the American way is to be racist and to have an ethnocentristic view on the world and whatnot. So mm-hmm. I understand what he says with that. But but fuck the orange man. Right. Let's talk on talk about like black excellence right now. Right. So we have our first black woman, first woman, first person of color, Kamala Harris as the VP position. Right. So what does that mean to you with her being elected? And what are you looking forward to the most? What am I looking forward to the most? What does it mean to me? For me, I always hold black women to the utmost. Like I, I like you. You see, I'm struggling trying to find my words. Yeah. Like I just am in in awe of black women. Just period. So seeing Kamala Harris now, it would have been dope to see that representation as president. Um, I it's still don't happen. think the country is ready. It, it, it's definitely going to happen. Like I'm just, Joe Biden got one time to cough wrong and Kamala <laughs> Harris is like in there, right? Yeah. Like, <laughs> I mean, not 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 wishing any ill will on Joe Biden, yeah. but like it, it would be dope to see uh, Kamala Harris kind of take the reins. And that that's why at the beginning of this talk, like I kept saying, you know, this is Kamala Harris's election. I can't wait to see what Kamala Harris is going to do because... Mm-hmm. I just feel like she's the right person at the right time. Like, I mean, I know people have some stuff about her criminal record um, or, or as far as like her um, record with black folks yeah. in California and That's all my this stuff. Too. But people really, yeah, people really need to like look into her history of that. Like she really tried to put money and funding into uh, reform for black people mm. in California as, as well. Like, so they're not looking at all of that. They're looking at the difference. Um, but to, to me, it, it, it just means continued black excellence. Mm. It means that, that even though half the country voted for, for Trump, the other half understands that we need new leadership. Yep. And to me, Kamala Harris symbolizes the new leadership that we need to go. Like she represents what this country is. This country is a melting pot of so many different people. Yeah. And that is what makes this country great. Facts. Like parents of immigrants, um, she, she's daughter of immigrants and was raised here in a country that barely cared about immigrants either. Like, mm-hmm. which is crazy because this whole country is a country full of immigrants. Like, yeah, White folks, y'all immigrants too. Like it just doesn't make sense. To it me. doesn't at all, um, <laughs> for real. But she she re- represents this change. Um, and what am I looking forward to? Um, number one, um, Kamala, let's get these student loans Facts. out of the get that door. Out of here, yes. Like <laughs> life change. That's gonna be life changing like, for many people. Please, life changing for many people. <laughs> that happens. Like I like I can just feel like the load off of my shoulders if if that happened. Right, but. Um, but Democrats need to win the Senate mm-hmm. because Georgia, that's on y'all. Yeah. Even if we have Kamala and Joe in the office, if they don't have the Senate, nothing's going to get done. Just like with president Obama, mm-hmm. like, and people said, Oh, Obama didn't do nothing for black people. 
Oh, Obama was trying. It's not, yeah, he the man, he the commander in chief. But if that's Senate and if these racist conservative people don't want change to happen, it's not going to happen. Like, you can't make fetch happen, basically. So, is that. Um, So, I'm looking forward to that. Um, But I was also having a conversation with one of my good friends. Um, I think she called me one day, I think right before Joe got announced as president-elect. And, like, we were just waiting on the results. And I remember she called me and was like, I'm very happy for Kamala Harris. She she was like, but I don't want to be that person. I'm like, what do you mean you don't want to be that person? She So she was like, while I'm happy for Kamala Harris, I can't help but think about, like, Stacey Abrams. She's next, I, like, I think. She, she better have right. any cabinet positions that she wants. And honestly, I think that right. she'll go for president in, uh, very soon. Right. I Right. And I... Joe just announced like people in his cabinet today and like I was kind of like where where Stacey Abrams but anyway so she was like do you think that if Joe Biden would have put Stacey Abrams on the ticket like he would be as far as he was and I was like oh absolutely not because here's why like Mm -hmm. you, you have to think about like black women's position in this country Mm. it it don't matter like what your skin tone is colorism is is always going to be a thing like in the black community white folks latinx community like colorism is a thing so kamala harris not saying she um she can pass but she is easier to pass Mm -hmm. like for for lack of she's easier to pass because she's light-skinned she has straight hair. Yeah. Um, the the society would view her as, um, you know, the image of you know the perfection. You know, she's an AKA. Mm-hmm. Like she has all of the 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 stereotypical ideals of beauty that that society told us that that's what black women are supposed to be. Yeah. Right. But as we know, black women we come in all shapes, sizes, colors, hair textures, and we are all beautiful. Yep. How, exactly. However, in America, you cannot talk about Kamala Harris without talking about anti-blackness mm-hmm. as as well. Because yes, we have a black woman, but you still have to talk about how anti-blackness like runs through even black people's lenses, yep. but it runs through white people. And so if Stacey Abrams would have been on that ticket, people would have been more focused on her hair, her dark skin, mm-hmm. right? All all of the mammy jokes that I saw, even when she was trying to run for governor of Georgia, yeah. um, people would have had an issue with her weight. Like, it's just all these different things mm-hmm. and how colorism is played such a huge role and still plays a huge role. Like, people aren't ready for a dark-skinned black woman. And that is unfortunate because mm-hmm. that is the that is what has been ingrained into our psyche. I am ready for a dark-skinned black woman. I'm ready for all black women. Um, And that's why I'm rooting for Kamala Harris. I am ready for you. Um, But everybody isn't on the same um, intellectual path that I'm on. Um, People are still, like, stuck in their ways and think that um, we're still supposed to be divided. This is not the time to mm-hmm. be divided. Like, this is where we all need to be banding together Truth. for a difference. And so we need to, even as black people, so if anybody's listening to this, like, we need to also examine how we uphold anti-blackness. Mm-hmm. And then we need to, 
and uh, a lot of people hate this term, but we need to also decolonize our psyche. Black people, yep. we we know who we are because of what white people told us we were. Exactly. And have been telling us what we are. And so all, all of these ideas about what professionalism is and how we're supposed to look and how we're supposed to behave, where are we learning this from? We learned it from white people. Mm-hmm. See, I, I'm just letting you go too because you over here just dropping the jewels for real. But um, yeah, I, I believe in us coming together as a collective. Definitely, we do have more power. And my thing too is that you know you can't really say Black Lives Matter if you're homophobic, if you're transphobic, um, if you are ableist. So you know, just yeah. really trying to get people to evolve past those mindsets because they no longer serve us. They never served us. But you know. Just the programming and condition that we went through, you know, is that's where we are. But I think that honestly, that's changing though. So, you know, I'm looking forward to see what's coming with uh, Kamala Harris and Joe Biden being um, the ones running the country and whatnot. But um, speaking of another black woman that is out here doing phenomenal things and achieving great things, aka you, congrats, Dr. Johnson. Thank you. So, um, can you let people know what the process was like pursuing a PhD? Because a lot of people do not know the, the, the mental endurance that you have to have in order to get through this process. So can you break that down, please? Hmm. <laughs> and I'm laughing because, Taryn, this is probably like the hardest thing I've ever done in my life. Mm. And I... I have like depression and anxiety and all that stuff. So this mm. didn't do anything for my depression and anxiety, but like heighten it. Yeah. Um, like the whole five years of this program, I've been stressed out. <laughs> like I can imagine. Um, so it's it's just a lot. But I think um what I got from the program was it's really challenged me to think deeper. Like there's a lot of concepts that I don't think I would have known without this program. Don't ask me what they are off the top of my head. (laughs) But just, I just, even the way I think about, you know, everything we just talked about, like our position in the country, like I, I, I don't think I would be able to conceptualize it as I can without having gone through this program. Now, I mean, and I know people can, you know, understand things on their own, but I think for me... This was a... And real quick, what was your uh, dissertation topic? ...workers who worked at four-year public, predominantly white institutions. Mm, that's needed. Oh, that's, that's a good one. Yeah, yeah. so... Um, but it took me a minute to get there. Like, I didn't start the program with that topic in mind. Like, I think I wanted to yeah. study black students. Um, and then it just changed to something about black women. I didn't know. It wasn't until... I became a full-time diversity worker at a predominantly white institution where I experienced like a lot of racism and sexism um, doing the job mm. of diversity and inclusion. And I'm like, how are y'all doing all this evil things to me um, mm-hmm. on top of, but y'all want me to input implement a diversity and inclusion program that doesn't make sense. How are y'all being racist and sexist? against me but y'all want me to teach people how not to be racist and sexist i'm don't i don't understand how that makes sense like so do as i say not as i do right so like that is how i kind of got my topic was okay if Mm. i'm a black woman experience this what are other black women diversity workers in higher ed in multicultural affairs or housing experiencing what i found was amazing i interviewed 11 women and it's really the same shit at all the institutions. Like, y'all not paying us. We got yep. all the work. 
Y'all not paying us. We got all the work. Y'all not paying us. Like, it's a, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. We're doing all this work. You're not paying us what we deserve. You're discriminating against us. You're worried about what we got on. You're talking about us behind our back. You're worried about our hair. Um, you know, yeah. you, we're one staffed offices, most of us. And we got all this work yeah, happening. It's like, it's, it's, it's just a lot. So, um, but anyway, so I, I think the program just really taught me taught me how to think deeper. Um, I've read dissertations before, but it wasn't until I got into the program mm. which taught me how to actually read a dissertation. So now I know what the chapters mean. I know what I'm looking for. I can tell when an author, when like the researcher is talking about how they are inserting their topic into the already existing literature. Like I don't think I would have ever... Mm understood that i'm like yeah i have a master's degree but i don't think we went that deep into how to read literature um in my master's program and not and and i had a great master's program but i don't think we went that deep it wasn't until my doctoral program where we went super deep into it now i understand it now there's still some things that i struggle with or whatever but i think the program has helped me in that i think um Mm -hmm. you know having this doctorate now is going to set me up in the future for more opportunities for more money. Um, but I think what it's also mm. done for me, I think again, you know, it's heightened my anxiety in the fact of now that I have these credentials, like people are going to just expect so much from me, um, expect me to mm. know every single thing. Um, and sometimes I, I feel like I don't know anything, right? Like before, or yeah, I know things, but don't know a don't, lot don't of things. Don't let the imposter syndrome get you. You got right, that. Right, right, you got right. that, definitely. Right. So I don't want people to say, or like bring up a topic like, oh, Tristan, let's talk about this. And I can just be like, I don't know. But like, I don't want y'all to think that <laughs> I'm not intelligent because I got this PhD, but I don't really know a topic. Like there's, there's just still some things that I feel like I don't know. And I feel like people are going to expect me to know everything. And, yeah. and it's something that, you know, I could probably research and things, but like on the spot, sometimes I don't know. And and yeah, I want to be okay. <laughs> yeah, like I want to be okay yeah. with not knowing sometimes. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing. Like you're never gonna. Have, there's not one person in this world that knows everything. And if they think they do, they lying and they're fools. You know what I mean? So, you know, as long as you know your limitations, uh, uh, limitations, you know that you're giving your all. That's all that really matters. But you out here doing your thing and being an inspiration too. You know what I mean? So that's what matters. And in higher education in general, like. This shit really could be a movie or a show because we go through some stuff that people cannot believe that I never thought I would go through, too. So I can only imagine what you go through as a black woman. Definitely. So uh, through your research and experience, um, what are some examples of uh, systematic racism that you have experienced within the higher education field while working? What have I experienced? So I think I would say some indirect uh, experience with racism and then um, I think systemically you know goes back to the um, how black folks are paid way less than their white counterparts I was I experienced mm. that um, black folks being asked to mentor all the students of color or all the students in general like I experienced that and like mm, not because they black the only black person in the department mm-hmm, yeah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and so like all of that um so I think that's like the indirect effect of systemic racism um but just watching my students kind of go through it 
was kind of disheartening because I'm like, shit, I'm experiencing this too. Like, let's lean on each other. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, <Facts. laughs> but I think the direct uh, racism and sexism I experienced was, you know, um, before I moved to Florida in higher ed, you know, doing my first diversity job. You mm-hmm. know, I had uh, all the white women. I was in an office full of all white people. My uh, mm-hmm. supervisor identified as Latinx and uh, identified as um, a Latinx trans man. Um, and But mm. we were the only two people of color um, in the office. But, you know, some people can align themselves, like we talked about earlier in this podcast, align themselves with white supremacy. Um, mm. And I feel like that's what the supervisor of my role was doing. Um, yeah. So, yeah, so I would, I was lied on a lot. Like, my coworkers would, like, CC my boss on, like, any email they would send me. Or they would, like, go to my boss and ask him questions about things that I, that I was over. And he would mm. be like, I don't know, go ask Tristan. But they would never want to ask me. Um, my supervisor would mm. just assume that I wasn't doing my work, even though my work would be done, like, two weeks in advance. I'm telling him how to do his job. And um, I forward him all the emails of things that I've already accomplished that he was already CC'd on, like li- little things like that. And then um, the white, this one white girl uh, lied on me and said I was talking about um, uh, oral sex in my office. And it was just, and I'm just like, wow. why would you even make up that type of lie? Like, that's the dumbest yeah. lie. Like, if there's one thing people need to know about me, if y'all don't know anything else about me, I'm never going to do anything that's going to jeopardize me losing my job before I am ready to leave the job. Mm-hmm. That's the point you said before I'm ready to leave the job. <laughs> before nah, I'm ready, ready to I got leave. you. Like <laughs> no, because I got one, you. I have like I have a good reputation, and I want to keep my good uh, reputation. And two, like these jobs are what's helping me pay my bills, and that that's also like kind of sucks that you know which is one of the reasons why I went into my own business because hopefully one day my business will blow mm. up and I won't need to be working for anybody but Ain't, ain't no hopefully. It, it will one day. It will. Ain't no hopefully. Right. It will. You know what I mean? Manifest right. that joint. One day I'll be able to do it full time. Um, yeah. And then I won't need, you know, the jobs to help sustain me. But while I have it, I'm going to make sure I'm doing a good job because clearly I want to be here. So y'all are just mad because mm-hmm. I know what I'm doing and you don't. Like, like that. that's just what I'm... But anyway, it's all rooted in racism and sexism because why would you just assume that I was talking about a sexually explicit conversation in my office without having the um, unconscious bias of how you think black women are over-sexualized? Like, that is all rooted yeah. in historical foundations mm-hmm. of how we conceptualize who black people are and it's rooted in anti-blackness like it just ties back there so it was just it was just little things like they lied and said i i cut somebody out in a meeting like Mm. i'm just like y'all had me out here with all the stereotypes of black women that y'all had like it was a mess the the, the karens and and the beckys and all that stuff they'll definitely have you out here looking wild in the name of keeping themselves look good. So, but yeah. it's unfortunate you went through that, but it's one of those things of you can't have wisdom without experience. You cannot have a testimony without tests. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, you know, this, that's what built, really built you up. And um, especially with black people, we deal with a lot of stuff that's systematic. But when you add COVID-19 on top mm-hmm. of everything, you know, that just adds just a whole nother spice to the mm-hmm. shit, right? 
So uh, from from your expertise, what are some of the effects that we're seeing um, that, that COVID-19 is having on Black communities across this nation? Well, outside of us um, dying at higher rates and um, getting affected mm. at higher rates, because that is also rooted in um, racism and systemic racism. Systematic racism, racism yep. Um, <laughs> um, and health, quote-unquote, health disparities, which is really racism, which is just a coded term for racism. But anyway, um, mm-hmm. so it's affected us on that level. And then, you know, and then taking into account um, black folks who don't have the medical insurance that, you know, I w- would have with a full-time job or who, with with a job who gives me benefits, right? Like, we, we, we got to think about those workers who don't have the benefits because of a, a capitalistic yep. country that won't provide them access to get those benefits, right? So, um, mm. and that's disparaging, which is also rooted in racism. So all of this thing just ties back to racism and white supremacy and why there is the position and like, and why I just can't stand for people to say like, oh, we need to get over it and just pull ourselves up by our bootstraps. Like, do you even know what that means? Like, you yeah. don't. So... Yeah, so I'm seeing that um, as as far as COVID um, affecting Black, you got to think about Black people's mental health. Um, we're already like we already believe mental health is taboo. Like it's it's becoming more prominent, especially as more celebrities are coming out talking about their mental health. I think it's been helping people who aren't uh, famous kind of get more in tune with their mental health. Um, but you got to think about the mm. mental health toll it's it's taking on Black folks, and then um, because. Uh, black folks, we like to go outside. Like, and then you you put yeah. us in the house quarantining for all these months, like, before the country opened back up. Like, we in the house, some of us are by ourselves. I'm one of those people who mm-hmm. live alone. Um, and yeah. and then were you an extrovert prior to this, or were you, like, a homebody? Is, is the word called an ambivert, ambivert when, when you're both of them? Got you, got you. I understand, yeah. If I'm not saying it right, please forgive me. But I'm an introvert and an extrovert, like, literally 50-50. But I was in my introvert so long, um, and still kind of am, mm. like, was in it for so long, I didn't know how it was affecting me mentally, um, you know, I've always like worked out and like lost weight and all the things, but over quarantine, I was working out like two and a half hours a day. Um, I, mm. I think like in, in the middle of it, I didn't know that, um, it was affecting my mental health so bad that I had lost my appetite. So I'm like working yeah. out two and a half hours every single day, seven days a week and only drinking a smoothie. I lost like 15 pounds. Like, wasn't mm. even trying to lose no weight. Like, I was stressed out. I couldn't see nobody. Um, then you got to think about yeah. the black people who may live um, in households where their parents aren't supportive or they live in, mm-hmm. they have abusive relationships and maybe going outside and being able to go to work was their only time of day where they could escape those abusive relationships. Yeah. Um, so, like, all of these different things. Um, factors that really affect people's mental health and where are the resources that can help us like yeah if you have good insurance you can go get a therapist but therapists are also probably overwhelmed right and then especially yeah. uh, after um george floyd brianna taylor Maude arbery uh jacob blake all the stuff that happened this summer, you probably got to think about black therapists who are probably at capacity, um, one for their own mental mm-hmm. health, but now trying to help black people going through a racial pandemic 
and a health pandemic all in one. Um, so, you know, it's, it's, it's just a lot. Like for me, I feel like I'm still kind of figuring out my mental health. Like I, of course I gained a little mm. about my weight. I lost back, but I'm still sitting here like, man, we are still in this pandemic. Like I really like, I can't go home for the holidays. Um, like mm-hmm. I, I gotta stay where I am. Luckily, I think my parents are gonna try to come for me for Christmas, but I want to go home for Thanksgiving. I actually want us to go home for Christmas. Like there's just like a lot of different things that I'm just like, man. And most of my really good yeah. friends live in Illinois or live in Chicago or live in like different parts of the country. Mm. And like, I, I have friends down here in Florida. Um, yeah, but they're in like South Florida. So like, I'm still kind of in Tampa area by myself. I got my friend, my, my home, my home girl, um, Brittany, who lives up here um, in Tampa with me and um, a couple of my other coworkers from when I used to work at the college yeah. out here. I got a couple people, but like my people like are spread out and so it's just been very like lonely <laughs> yeah now i can imagine for real now we we have everything going on you know COVID 19 um you've been doing your phd program too so you know it's not always work 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 or just trying to get by surviving right so what is your way to recharge, a.k.a. get that self-care in? Because like, I, I really like to expose people to different practices mm-hmm. because, you know, people may not have an idea how to do it, you know, and they may be inspired by other people. So what do you go to for self-care when you need it? Absolutely. Um, my self-care, I love music. So I, I listen to music probably. Okay, I okay. Probably What's the heavy rotation right now? Oh, heavy rotation is a few different songs. Okay, let's start with. Um, okay, so if for those of you who don't know me, I love like in in love with Drake and um, okay. and Chris Brown and Beyonce. Um, but right uh-huh. now, what's in my rotation um, is let me go to my Apple Music. Is called Shopping Spree by Devito, Chris Brown, and Young Thug fire okay uh the song called right time by this dude called uh what's his name yay ali but it's featuring tank it's featuring tank tank is also like one of my other favorite artists i love him um got you got you i've been kind of like slowly getting into mulatto i uh yeah i haven't messed with her like that like i, I listen to some of her stuff but when it kind of women rappers more so flow melly yeah like, like i've i've been slowly kind of getting into her like like if you like consider me a meme it'd be like nobody and then it'd be like me just screaming <laughs> big lotto in my house for no reason like so <laughs> gotcha. um but yeah so just, just a couple of those um i started listening to the new eric bellinger that came out okay um two chains album just came out i listened to that the other day i wasn't really was like feeling yeah. it feeling it um but i think i need to give it another listen because i really do like two chains um and okay. I'm waiting on Meg's new album to come out on Friday. Just yeah. a couple things. But, yeah, so I, I listen to music. When I'm, like, working from home or, like, if I'm really focused on something, I can't listen to music. I have to, like, it has to be completely silent. Um, but other than that, like, mm-hmm. if I'm cooking, I'm listening to music. If I'm eating, music is on or a podcast. Or if I'm in the shower, music is on. Like, I always have music on. Um, what mm-hmm. else do I do? I... When when people order waist beads for me, that that's like a time of a therapy for me. It's like beating the waist beads. Like I don't know why, but it's very calming. Um, so I love when mm. people order for me, um, so I can make those. 
I, I I like to sleep. Like if, if I can sleep, like that's my self care. If I can sleep through the night, that's self care. Um, <laughs> sleep is yeah. life. Sleep is but, life. <laughs> but but also like even during like even, even though when quarantine first happened and everything shut down, I couldn't do these things. Um, but my but my yeah. monthly routines are getting my nails done, getting a pedicure, and getting my Brazilian oh. wax every. Every okay. month, those are like my self care thing. Like, if I can't do anything else, if I can't shop for myself, if I can't do, if I can't like take myself out to eat, you best believe I'm about to mm. have some money to get my nails done, my pedicure, and my wax. I thought you get it in. And so, I think um, since the world opened back up, I think I've traveled maybe three times. But traveling was my self care before COVID. Like that was how mm. I took care of myself outside of like my nails and my feet and all that stuff. Um, but traveling is like my self care. If I can just get away and if I can just go be with people, you know, and kick it with them or like, I, I used to take solo trips a lot, um, before COVID. Mm. Um, but now that's what I'm waiting for the most. Yeah. Like I for love real. solo trips and just kind of just walking around and exploring by myself, but I don't think this is the climate to do that anymore. So I won't be yeah, taking nah. solo trips anymore. At least, at least not for a while. Like I can't live my life in fear, but I can't like take my legally purchased firearm um, on a plane, right? Like, I can't do that. So, <laughs> I need to be safe. Yeah. Um, oh, which, sorry, real quick, that brings me back to um, us talking about, like, Florida and Ron, Ron DeSantis's policy for, like, citizens to shoot looters and stuff. What I was, what I meant mm-hmm. to say earlier was um, Florida is an open carry state, so you don't need a concealed carry permit to own a gun. Like, you can... Um, you know, go in there, fill out your application. It'll take a couple days and then you go pick up your gun and you can keep that gun in your car. Um, and you can keep it in, in mm. your house. You just can't carry it on your person. They off the hook. Dang, I ain't know Yeah. Like that. So you just can't carry it on your person if you don't have a concealed carry, but it can be in your car securely. Mm. Um, and it can be in your house securely. Um, so if they allowing you know, just citizens just to go around shooting people, right? Like, think of the implications of that and, like, how many people in Florida have guns. Like, when I I just bought my gun and they don't have bullets for my gun yet (laughs) because they're sold out. (laughs) So, just just think about just all the people in, like, gun sales. People were purchasing guns. At least this is what my um, instructor told me. People have been purchasing guns, like, rapidly because of the climate we're in everybody in florida has a gun and and i live in an area where sex trafficking is really high especially for black women black women go missing so much around here wow i was like oh i have to learn how to use this gun and protect myself Mm -hmm. and so i bought my gun legally and now i um, need to apply for my concealed carry so i can keep it on me uh, well, I'm definitely glad you're staying safe out there, for real. Thank you. Definitely uh, want to appreciate you for coming on here. We're about to start wrapping up. But before we leave, um, especially I think it's very important for, uh, you know, me to always provide a megaphone to women, especially black women, when it comes to anything I'm doing, mm-hmm. right? So before you leave, leave a message to the fellas and society as a whole, please. Um, I think a message to black men is you are powerful. You are kings. Let's make sure we are continuing to support each other. Um, make sure that we are sharing the spotlight with our black women and our trans 
men and our trans women and our um, non-binary communities and our um, disabled and elderly communities, right? We need to be sharing the spotlight in this um, fight for racial justice that we are on. Um, black men, I need y'all to recognize the privilege that you have as black men as well and, and understand how you can um, also contribute to the oppression of black women. Um, so think about that, especially like if we're all in this movement together, we're talking about Black Lives Matter. We need to just hear more than the George Floyds and the Trayvons. And, you know, we need to be hearing the Asiana Jeffersons and the Rakia Boys and the Sandra Glenns and the Breonna Taylors, right? We need to be hearing those names too. And our trans folks, um, who have been murdered. Um, we're all in this together. That's important. Um, black men continue to love on each other. Um, we need to get out of this uh, mentality that you're soft or you can't tell another man that you love him or hug another man, you know, but now socially distant, of course. But we need to get out of that mentality that we, we can't show each other love and it's a sign of weakness. Love is the thing that's going to get us all out of the state that we're in. Um, I think society, y'all just got to do better. Like, at the end of the day, check your anti-blackness mm. at the door. Um, it's time for you to, uh, get it out of your system. Um, we need to really be thinking about how we are going to reunite as a culture, as a society. Um, cause to me, the U S is, is the laughing stock of the world right now. Facts. And, um, you know, we gotta figure out how we can just do better um we need to be thinking about the dis distribution of wealth we need to be trying to get us up out of poverty i mean i know capitalistic countries can't run unless some people are impoverished but i just think we need to get out of that mindset um y'all really expect people to just live with minimal and be okay with it mm. i mean I, I can go on for hours Taryn. we don't got all day so i mean i, I can always <laughs> come back you. if you want me back <laughs> nah i appreciate it dr johnson can you uh go ahead and uh, let the people know about everything you got coming up and how they can contact you please yes yeah, so um i have it's so funny Taryn, because when i spoke to you the other day i was like oh no one's like booked me but now i got like three emails of potentials um all right, all right. but um Get that bag. But that's because God, you know, like I, my, I really believe in him. Um, but anyway, yeah. So Thursday, I'm going to be speaking to a group of uh, students at a college who are kind of, you know, going through what we just talked about, the mental health effects of COVID and the racial pandemic. And so just mm. talking to them about and giving them advice and, you know, talking about what I've done. Um, hopefully I'll have, um, a series that I'll be doing for an organization that my business partner and I actually did a training for back in August for them. Mm. And so hopefully we'll be doing a series coming up at the beginning of the year. Um, but my email, people can contact me is the Tristan T R I S T E N Johnson LLC at gmail.com. So if you want to talk, if you want to book me, if you want some waste beads, hit me up. Um, you can also follow my social media platform. So for my blog, The Crown Series, it's The Crowned, C-R-O-W-N-E-D, series, underscore. And then my Instagram for my business page is the Tristan Johnson LLC. Yeah, uh, 
Facebook.com slash the Tristan Johnson LLC. And yeah, just hit me up. I'm very responsive to uh, all of my platforms. So yeah. All right, cool, cool. This will all be in the show notes too, so y'all can catch that. But uh, Tristan, Dr. Johnson, appreciate you so much and be in contact. Thanks, love. Thank you so much for having me. The Miseducation of the People podcast is proudly edited and produced by the Real Talk Session Series, where all we do is provide that Real Talk only. Happy Thanksgiving. Miseducation.